Oh, fuck. It really happened. The issue is abortion. And the question is, what are young lawmakers saying about the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade? Welcome to Political Playlist. <laughs> All right. Are you ready, guys? Happy hour. Happy, Happy hour. hour. <laughs> that up. So oh, God. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Political Playlist Happy Hour. I'm Michael Kristoff. I'm Anna Muskie-Goldwyn. And I'm Anthony Barquette. Wow, Michael, look at that drink. Oh, yeah. It's a heavy drinking day. I have a, a hemp-infused, adaptogenic, overpriced sparkling water wow. to calm myself. Um, I have a overpriced, delicious martini wow. that I made myself. Okay, well, let's get into it. So we're recording this on Friday, the day that the Supreme Court ruling came out. I just want to say, like, I feel that at Political Playlist, we always want to approach things from a nonpartisan angle. We want to talk about things in terms of what everyone is doing and saying about it. But I think that what this moment has shown me is that there's a disconnect between what Americans feel in kind of a nonpartisan way and what our political system and now also our judicial system is reflecting. And what I have felt today is honestly just like very disappointed in our system because I think of all the primarily women, but also men whose lives are going to be affected by this. And I feel like there's not, I can't communicate like how sad I feel for people who are less privileged than we are, who don't have the resources to get the help that they need, who will bring children into poverty and those children will not have fulfilling lives. And I also think that the fact that this is being handed back to the states, which is, you know, we'll talk about kind of the main Republican line of reasoning of why this is good. Our state political system is like very, very fucked up, um, both on the Democratic side and the Republican side. So to say that state politics can handle this is um, like a fallacy, in my opinion, on, on both sides of the aisle. You know, like you have California and the extreme left codifying Roe v. Wade, which people might personally agree with. But the fact that you can have that state sitting not that far from a state like Wyoming is is crazy. Um, and so I just wanted to say as a woman, albeit a woman who would have access to an abortion if I needed it, I'm just really sad. I feel like this is setting a bad precedent for our country. And I know that through the work we do at Political Playlist, how much these policies affect people. And um, I have learned so much more through doing the work that we're doing. And I think that it can't be underestimated how um, hard this is gonna be for the people in our country whose lives are already really hard. Yeah, that's very well said. Um, you know, I think this is one of those issues that it's hard to not get personal about, you know, and not, you know, we, we make a, I feel like we make a big deal of, hey, you know, we don't really take sides um, here. And I don't know that like talking about how we particularly feel on this is necessarily taking a side, you know, because we want to tell you what everyone's saying and what everyone's doing about it. But I think if you, I, I'm still in the anger phase of the, you know, the grief spectrum of like, mm -hmm. holy fucking shit, how is this actually happening? 
Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know that it's like sunk in that the idea, I mean, everything you're saying is, is very true in the standpoint of this is going to affect negatively affect a lot of people in a, you know, thanks for sharing your thoughts. I think you really said it clearly and, uh, you know, effectively as to where people are in. And I know like how emotional this is for you to even be doing this video right now. And, you know, we had a different topic of conversation that we were going to talk about. And I think we're all kind of living in like, oh, fuck, this literally happened. And I just really can't believe that it's happening. Like Michael's in the anger phase. I think, Anna, (laughs) you're in like almost like a devastated phase. I'm just so confused. Yeah. But this is my fourth drink today, so maybe that that might be it <laughs> wow. too. Wow! So. Well, this is my first. I, I think I need to catch up here. You know, we the the video. I'm sure that's you know everyone has seen by now is uh, the uh, the unofficial uh, Dave Portnoy press conference. Yeah, and I feel like he sort of at least very much sums up for like the guy's perspective of like our bar, barstool sports for yeah. Okay. I think that like that's a really good. Look, I will admit I'm not the biggest Dave Portnoy fan, unsurprisingly. Yeah. But I found that video to be really interesting because I feel like when people want to come out and say, oh, you know, there's too much opinion. You, We collectively, the three of us, are not holding ourselves to this nonpartisan angle. It's like nonpartisan is not necessarily just about which political party our representatives belong mm-hmm. to. Nonpartisan is talking about political issues as they affect literal people. Um, and I felt like Dave Portner, who has a very, uh, I would say, like across the political spectrum, both fan base and people who hate him. Um, I think for him to basically sum it up in kind of what I feel like you guys are really feeling. And I think a lot of men are feeling is like the what the fuck. And I feel like the translation that I would offer, at least from my perspective as a woman, and I think people who have an even more intimate relationship with this issue um, would also feel is just like an extreme disappointment in, um, in the fact that we can't all just understand the, like how hard this is going to be. Got me what do you think about like, I mean, cause obviously there are a lot of women who are fierce, you know, opponents of abortion. And yeah. one of the interesting things is that Josh Hawley's wife actually yeah. worked on the case that was fighting to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. She was one of the lawyers for Miss. Right. What do you sort of make of their perspective on this? I think that their perspective is valid. First of all, I am I am anti-abortion. I don't, no one wants to get an abortion. You have right. to get an abortion. Like, you, you know, that I think is the first thing. The second thing is I feel like women who are pro-life, Josh Hawley's wife, mm-hmm. several, I mean, basically every Republican woman to one degree or another that we cover um, is celebrating this ruling. I feel like that, argument is fine if you are just looking at it from a religious perspective Mm -hmm. and in our country you can be whatever religion you want to be and you can live by those rules um but no one is telling you to be that religion or telling you to believe what you believe and so i think that there's this real conflation of like 
what is quote unquote in the constitution, which by the way, was written without women involved in the conversation or literally Minor detail. at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, people are talking about like, oh, the constitution is written by slave owners. Yeah. Let's remember that. But also let's remember that of course there's nothing about what rights each gender has because that was not a consideration. So right. I think there's a disconnect between the constitutional like sort of adherence and the fact that you, these all the people saying this is a win for life, you, you can be pro-life and still think that there are a lot of people who are pro-life and still think that women especially in certain cases of medical need or rape and stuff like that should have access to legal abortion. Yeah. You know, I think too, just like in moments like this, you end up seeing leaders emerge. Um, you know, I, I heard a story today from a close friend immediately after this happened, the CEO of their company and a couple hundred people worked there, wrote an email and said, I, hey, I just want to let everyone know I'm I'm really sorry to see the news today. And if you or a family member is okay. ever in the need of this, the company will pay. Yeah. Um, but should we start reading some tweets? Yeah. As a new mom, the fight to defend life has never been more important to me. I applaud the Supreme Court's historic ruling, which will save countless, all caps, innocent lives. Not easy. Who's a new mom? Elise Stefanik. Oh, oh okay. Duh. So obviously I'm like the worst at this game. <laughs> this is not my strong suit. Yeah. I have I have a lot of strong suits. Okay. This is not one of them. Here's mine. I'm going to try not to weep during it. Uh -oh. I've never believed the Roe v. Wade decision, which was ultimately a personal privacy case, was a justification to take a human life. The unborn deserve protection. Now it's a tough one. But I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. Oh, I think I know who this is. I love this person. Because it's Kat Kamak. No. Kind of a nerd. A woman? Dusty Johnson? Yeah. Oh, wow. Michael. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Mm. Um, okay. Abortion for any reason up until birth is extreme. And the vast majority of Americans don't support it. 75% of Americans support some limitations. Even in socialist Europe, they have more limits on abortion than the U.S. That's saying something about the extreme left. It feels like a Jim Banks or a... Uh... Was it Jim Banks? No. I'm going to go with my guy again, August Pfluger. No, Ooh. guys. It's Nancy Mace. Oh, Nancy. So Nancy was is a survivor of rape and has come out publicly before saying that she thinks there should be legal abortion for people who are um, raped or uh, victims of incest. And what I found really interesting about this tweet that she sent out is that the way she's kind of twisted the stats, because Michael, I actually don't know that the stat is wrong, mm -hmm. but the way that it's twisted makes it sound like 75% of Americans believe that abortion should be illegal. Right. But what she's saying is that 75% of Americans support some limitations. I just, I don't understand. It seems like the Republican party continues to be the party of no, and yet brands themselves as the as the freedom caucus right this idea that they're so you know all about freedom and and you know choice and and states rights don't you know yeah. decentralize the government all right well that leads into mine yeah 
as one of the few women of reproductive age in Congress, this attempt to strip people of their bodily autonomy is personal. Uh, Sarah Jacobs. Yeah. Wait, Michael. I had a Sarah Jacobs one. <laughs> oh she was on God. my list. Michael. Michael. Did you? Wait, 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 wait. Michael's touching it. Oh, thank Anthony, you. <laughs> you did my list. <laughs> wait, no, I didn't. I have a Sarah Jacobs one that I want to read. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay. You did my list. <laughs> um. Okay, since Anthony stole my thunder and did Sarah Jacobs, I... I'm going to also do Sarah Jacobs. So you don't even have to guess. You just have to listen to me. But what Sarah Jacobs said something that I think is a sentiment that a lot of people, including myself, feel, which is she said, I'm so angry that I'm going to have less rights than my mother and my grandmother and that my children might have even less. That like struck me personally because I remember a little bit of a personal story. So my mom was a college athlete in in the early 70s, which was like right after Title IX was passed. And she would tell me all these stories about how she was a rower and I, I was a rower in high school and college as well. And she would tell me all these stories about how um, they would have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning because they'd have to practice by 5 a.m. so that the boys could practice at 7 a.m. And they wow. didn't have locker rooms for them because there weren't any women's facilities. So they would have to like get changed in the middle of the boathouse and there would be men watching them. And um, the boathouse wouldn't be heated by the time they were there and they were in Boston. So she would tell me all these stories about wow. um, basically Title IX and how even though Title IX had been passed, it wasn't really implemented yet. And then I I think about like my college athletic experience and how we had the best of the best there. I, you know, I never noticed any difference between the facilities that we had compared to the men, the trainers that we had, the gear that we had, anything like that. And um, so Title IX was being implemented in a way, in the way that it should have been. Obviously, there are still inequalities, but just in that sense. And so when I read this quote, I just thought, like, I have had those conversations and those experiences with my mom about a different issue of gender. And I feel like this obviously this is bigger than women's sports, you know, uh, this is people's physical health. And when Sarah added this thing in that quote where she said that my children might have even less, it was like, holy shit, you know, I want to have children. Um, I hope I never have to get an abortion. I know many people who have, and it's an incredibly traumatic experience and none of them would wish that upon anyone else. And, um, and I think that, you know, the idea that I could have daughters who would have less rights and that that conversation that my mom had with me where I could feel like, wow, look how far things have come in this arena that's really important to us collectively as family, um, that I would not be able to have my daughter feel that same way about this issue is just really um, so fucked up. And I, I love personal stories always. So like, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think this is also a good thing for anyone who's listening is like to talk to the other generations about this because yeah. it has been a generational issue. You've inspired me to check in with my grandma just to get her take on like what she believe, believes is happening and how she's looked at it and how it was back in her time as well. And I hope people who are listening will do the same because it's a great time to talk to others and, and hear feedback.
Amen to that. Yeah. Well, well guys, not that we should be cheersing, but <clears throat> cheers. Oh. Well, oh my God. I already finished mine. <laughs> wow. Well, One. I think, you know, we need to cheers to here's something to cheers to, I think is that we're cheersing to the mission of political playlist, which is to inform yourself, to educate yourself. And regardless of how you feel on this issue, this is the clearest of indicators that elections do matter and elections do have consequences. So all the more reason to engage civically, whatever that looks like for you in your community. So Agreed. let's cheers to that. Cheers to that. Boom. Boom.